Welcome back to the Lancaster School District Podcast, School Buzz. The purpose is to discuss relevant topics with individuals who work for the district, parents, students, and community members. The ideas and opinions expressed are their own, not the official district-approved message, and this is a platform for the exchange of ideas and information. So today we have a special guest, um, Rick Falloon, and our topic is a career in special education, and he's going to give us some background about special education and needs of some of those students and how we serve them. So in Lancaster School District, we have approximately, how many special ed kids do you know? Um, no, I don't. Um, I think it's about... 1,400. I think you're right. We have about 1,400. And there are all different kinds of programs. So special education is service provided to children who need more support. It could mean that they're visually disabled. It could mean that they have processing disabilities or physical handicaps, but it serves a broad range of kids. So uh, Rick, go ahead and introduce yourself and give us a little background. Okay, I'm Rick Falloon. I'm uh, presently uh, the principal of the Linda Verde Center. Uh, we service children who are in the moderate severe program and that also have a medical fragile uh, component to their disability. So, so they need intensive support from other health concerns besides the fact that they also may have um, cognitive delays and have other physical disabilities as well. I also oversee the moderate severe program for the district. Uh, and those are classrooms that are on the uh, campuses. And these students uh, are typically those students who are in the one percentile. They are children who have um, intellectual disabilities. They may have autism. They may have uh, other disabilities that go along with that as well. Okay. How long have you been in this position? Uh, I've been in this position for 10 years. I started out as a mild moderate uh, teacher for Lancaster School District. Um, I was interviewed actually by Ned McNabb in <laughs> <laughs> uh, 1995. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I was interviewed for a specific position by uh, our um, deputy superintendent, Mr. Conti, uh -huh. and the teacher who I replaced, and uh, been here ever since, since 1995. So your whole career in education has been in special education? Uh, actually, yes, but it wasn't my intention. My intention was when, this is a second career for me, Okay. I was uh, I was a businessman prior to this. I uh, owned a hair salon, okay. and I was a hairstylist. And when I turned 35, I thought, oh, I can't do this the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and it was never my intent. Uh, so I went back to school and got my degree, and I was going to teach, actually, uh, social sciences. I was going to teach history, political science. Um, I had the opportunity to do some some substitute work, and it seemed that the high school district, every time I subbed, they wanted to put me in a special education class. Mm -hmm. And I found that it was really, really interesting. And ironically, one of my clients was the head of the special education department in Castaic School District, and she offered me a job. Okay. <laughs> and ever since then, I've been in special ed. So you, you were always a special ed teacher? Yes. Okay. Uh, even mm -hmm. though I did my student teaching in history, I never did become a history teacher. Mm -hmm. 
what made the special education classroom interesting to you? Um, I think that one of the things is that it's challenging, um, but there's a tremendous amount of reward involved. You know, when, when students make progress, uh, no matter at whatever level you're teaching at, um, it is an inspiration to continue. And um, it was such a delight to work with uh, children with special needs that uh, I just couldn't see myself doing anything else. That's great. Yeah, now you have your own children at home, right? Or grown-ups now. Well, <laughs> no children at home. I have two, two four-legged children. Okay. Um, yes, I had four daughters, and I have 14 grandkids and two great-grandkids. Wow, big family. I have um, four children, and two of my children were dyslexic, and then one was visually disabled. So I had a, a little bit of a taste of, of a parent, of a special ed kid, getting some extra services, and actually all four of them needed speech services, but we never had like the special day class that kids were in. So can you tell us the difference about some of the different programs in special ed? Well, special education is a continuum, and uh, eligibility for special education is a process that you uh, have to go through assessment and they make a determination after having uh, what they call an individualized education plan meeting, mm -hmm. an IEP. Um, there are a lot of assessments and observations and interviews with parents that go along with that determination and they have to meet certain criteria for each level. Um, Special education can be anything from, from speech and language where they may be uh, either helped in the classroom or they are pulled out for a, a short period of time each day, mm -hmm. all the way to the more severe uh, special day class where this child is in a separate classroom all day long. Okay. And the push right now in special ed is to put children in the least restrictive environment. So that has always been the case, mm -hmm. but now, now we have just if you the law actually states the least restrictive area where the child is successful in school, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, for a long period of time, uh, the practitioners, well-meaning, thought that that would be isolating them from the other students and giving them intensive support. However, they have found with research that children still perform better when they're with their same age peers in a, in a comprehensive classroom that has children of all different levels. And so that's really where our push is now. And I think that's the future of special education. And I think it's a better future because I think in any classroom, you have all di different levels of, you know, children that really need a lot of support and children that are just flying above you. And to have special ed kids in that classroom to see the things that they can be doing and, the, and to kind of push themselves to do a little bit better, I think that's much better for all of our kids. Yes, I agree. And I think that at all levels, and I think that's the future of even the moderate severe program is to have the kids, maybe not all day long, but at least in there for a substantial amount of time with their same age peers, uh, being able to participate and being able to take in the information at, you know, their level, which would be excellent for, for the students, all of them. 
So even for our high-performing kids, it gives them the ability to develop compassion and, and help them work with kids that maybe not as, as fast as picking up things. You know as a, as a former teacher yourself that the easiest way for you to learn more is to teach it. Exactly. And when you have the children who have uh, higher uh, abilities and they're working with their same age peers, you find that everyone gains from it. It's a reinforcement of what you've learned by teaching it to someone else. And it's also, we find that students learn more and learn quicker when they learn it from someone that they can relate to, which is their peers. Exactly. We, we are more facilitators. We're not really, we try to teach, but really facilitating it, the learning process is probably the most effective. Well, and I think that's true for everybody. We're trying to get away from that sage on the stage idea of you, you know, spewing out the information and kids just taking it in, letting them really construct their own knowledge and, and build their understanding. And especially when we're finding that, that once again, and, and we always revisit things from the past, but we refine it, um, that students learn multimodally. Mm-hmm. So it's not just a matter of sitting there and listening but it's a visual component. It's a tactile component, you know, being able to put together projects Mm -hmm. because you learn more when you can relate it to something that you're going to have an end result to. So if you have a project, that's gonna have more meaning to the science and the math and and the language arts components separately, teaching them individually doesn't work as well as putting them together with an end result. Right, that integration of subjects, which not just for special ed kids, but every kid, it, it's just a higher way to learn. Exactly, and the irony of all this is it started in special education. Really? <laughs> and yes, we've always had that, that viewpoint that children need to have different ways of things being presented to them. And that is, especially in the moderate severe program, which is based more on, on um, being able to use this later on in life. What is the most difficult part of your job? Well, probably the same difficulty that anyone in the administration has, and that's trying to find the time. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, there, are, there is so much to being an administrator, and you find yourself being pulled in so many different directions. Um, I don't think there's enough time in the day for you to complete everything that you would like like to. So that's probably the, the, the most difficult thing that I face is trying to, to make the best use of my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So it seems like our job never ends. Uh, I, same thing with teachers. I, you know, it's, just a, it's a lifestyle. It's not just a job. What suggestions do you have to improve our practice? Or do you have any suggestions for innovations that you would like to see happen in special ed? Well, actually, we've been talking about that. Our program, uh, under the direction of our special education director, we've been really working towards integrating students into the general education program. Um, she's a, a big um, supporter of that of that method methodology, and I, as well as she, believes that this is the future. 
my suggestion is to keep it on. <laughs> keep it on, keep it on. <laughs> keep doing it. Is there anything in technology that is supportive of kids in special ed? Is there anything new that comes out to help them like be able to communicate better? Absolutely. Technology for the moderate severe program that I'm I'm in has been just a blessing. Uh, students in the past uh, were kind of locked in, many of them unable to communicate their wants and their needs. Um, parents would be frustrated. The child themselves would be frustrated. And technology has opened the windows and doors to them to be able to uh, not only participate, but to be innovators themselves and, and to initiate conversations and to initiate uh, what they want to do, which is awesome. I used to have a um, program in my other district that was um, for autistic children and seeing them being able to communicate either through pictures or by pushing something on the computer that would say what they wanted to say because they didn't have the speech. That was, it freed them to be able to suddenly be able to communicate with people around them, which before they couldn't do. Well, what we find is even more interesting is it not only helps communicate for them, but the students that use that technology are more apt to using imitative speech themselves. They hear it as they're placing it and it reinforces what it is that they want to do and they start making those sounds and sound approximate sound approximations and in the future they even end up speaking themselves. Oh, so wonderful. for many students it opens the door to speech at all. That's wonderful. So just a model that they can hear over and over again. Yes, exactly. That's great. So what would you say has been your greatest success in your career? Because you are retiring in just a few days. <laughs> well, it's difficult for me to take credit for the success because we don't work in a vacuum. We depend on the support of our team. So the most success I think that I could say that I had was building the relationships with the people that were necessary to help make this program work. And I think that they did a lot of the work. What I did was brought them together and tried to get them to communicate with, with each other. So the program before was mainly isolated Many of the teachers were in separate classrooms and doing their own thing. We've put together this, this unit, which I think has worked out really well. They support each other. They come up with new ideas. They're the ones that have really done the work. I was just fortunate enough to have them together and being able to get them to work together. And that's one of the blessings in life. When you have that team that really wants to innovate and work for kids, um, you just kind of let, let them go sometimes, let them innovate and come up with new ideas. I have to say that one of the things that I find most refreshing about Lancaster School District is they're pushing this. The, the PLP process, the, the working together as teams, uh, basing, basing their work on research, basing their work on data. Those are all things that have to happen for you to be successful in this program. 
And I think in, in education at all. I mean, it used to be that you got in your classroom and you closed the door and you were kind of your own island. And it's not the case anymore because we have to, we're all responsible for the success of our kids, not just one teacher. Absolutely. And we have to take, take what we see with the kids. The kids work best when they work together as a team. We're going to work best if we work together as a team. And I think, I think that's really been the uh, focus of our district. And I think that's kind of trickled down to the classroom level. Great. So any big plans for retirement? Uh, you'll have to ask my wife. She's the <laughs> one that makes the plans for me. <laughs> no, no RVing yet in the future? No, I, I'm not much of an RVer anymore because, uh, well, we just don't travel as much. My family and every all the people that I have uh, friendships with are here. Uh, music is my thing, so I'll be playing a lot of music. Well, that'd be great. Yeah, I heard you guys play the other day, and you, it was a lot of fun to listen to you guys. Great. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. We love having you. Um, where can you find this podcast? You can find it on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. And our next theme, I think it's going to be our littlest learners with our um, director of ECE, Kelly Fountain. As you tune out, please listen to our students at Sierra singing Simple Truths under the direction of Kelly Stock.